0: Oh Jesus, we give you the praise here tonight. Come on, let's let's live in for a few more moments. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Is anybody just so grateful? Amen. To be part of the church of the living God. Let's clap our hands unto him one more time in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be turning open to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 14. Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 14. Amen. Thankful for the music team. What a wonderful job they did. Amen. Praise God. Please, if you could, this, uh, this weekend, uh, Brother Keithley is going to be here preaching. Uh, my wife is out tonight, and she's with her family, and I will be flying out tomorrow. We're going to be preaching. For my father-in-law this weekend so we covet your prayers if you could please lift us up when you think about us that we'd be able to minister to their church and uh, I'll be preaching for another local church over there brother Rowley who preached for us and so I'm going to go back to being an evangelist for a weekend I'm gonna have about four or five services so uh, hallelujah just makes me more and more thankful to call ARC home in Jesus name praise God but if you could please pray for us we really would appreciate that and I know that the churches would as well Um, but there's gonna be a wonderful uh opportunity to be in the house of the lord this sunday so don't miss it Uh, brother keighley is going to be preaching make sure you bring somebody with you um be praying for the saints of god that are out that aren't feeling well that lord willing they'd be feeling better by sunday so they can be in church as well and church is just not the same without you turn to your neighbor and tell them church is not the same without you amen church is not a building church is a people. And uh, with that in mind, I don't think I ever want anybody else to do announcements than Brother Diaz. Anybody else feel that way? I just... You make church fun. I'm just saying. You make church fun. And and he and I give each other a hard time about all sorts of stuff, but I'm telling you what, I think we might have more announcements with tongue twisters in the future and other things. I don't know. I might have to put your phone on mute, though, because he's He got a beat drop in there while he's giving announcements. He might start rapping them next time. I don't know, but praise God. It's fun to be in church, amen? There's no life I'd rather live than living for God. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 14. The Apostle Paul writes to his son in the Gospel, Timothy, which was subsequently read to all of the churches and passed about. And we read them here today. He said, of these things... Put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord. Speaking of individuals in the church. That they strive not about with words to no profit, but, but to the subverting of the hearers. Now what's he really saying? Now the translation says, remind them of these things and charge them before God not to quarrel about words, which does no good, but it only ruins the hearers. Amen. He then continues on and says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needseth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness, and the word will eat as doth a canker, of whom is Hymenatus and Philetus, two individuals that had come into the church, and they started just putting new words out there. And it started eating away at individuals in the church. He said, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection's passed already. What a terrible, terrible thing to tell people. Well, let's just go to church, you know. Jesus already came, and we're, we're, we might as well just keep going to the building. And, and And the Bible says that we are to comfort one another with these words, that in the moment that we of eye, we'll meet with Him in the air. Amen. And these guys were going around saying, eh, you already missed it. What depressing things to bring to people. And it wasn't true. Amen. Jesus has not come back yet, in case you might not know that Jesus has not returned yet, but he is going to return as he promised. Amen. He said, concerning the truth, have erred, saying the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. Please do everything you can to not be a part of the some. Nevertheless the foundation of God standeth sure having this seal the Lord know them that are his and let every one that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity The Bible says study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth And I want to teach preach preach screech a little bit of everything here tonight on this subject, divine approval, divine approval. Would you set down your Bibles and let's pray in this house. Come on, would you lift up your voice in Jesus' wonderful name. Let's pray that God would speak to us here tonight. God, I want to walk away from this place with a resolve in my heart to be a worker in a workman god i want to study in my heart god i want to have that that word deep down in my spirit as the engrafted word of god which is able to save my souls and i'm not going to be ashamed of it god i'm not going to be ashamed of your word because it is the power of god unto salvation god i'm going to take that word and i'm going to work on it and i'm going to work on myself and i'm going to craft it oh in the name of jesus let's magnify him here tonight come on let's clap our hands and give god praise hallelujah Amen. God bless you. may be seated for a few moments here tonight. Amen. Divine approval. We are currently in what they have deemed a pandemic. This uh, pandemic is... A sickness that has swept the world and subsequently has shut down uh, casinos and churches and all sorts of different locations. It has stopped the known world from existing as we have known it. Lord willing, it will not stay that way in Jesus' name. But this has forever marked. And there's moments in life where we can look back and say that that was a moment that marked history forever it changed something we can look back to uh, world war ii we can look back to d-day there are days to remember and say that changed the course of history forever there was amen the shot that was heard around the world and it started our journey on our path to freedom and uh, this this pandemic has swept across the world but I, I want to tell you here tonight that there is a pandemic that is not being talked about. That, uh, that, that, is not a, 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 that is not so much concerning to our world, but it is very concerning to me as a preacher of the gospel. I would say that the greatest pandemic of the 21st century, the 20th century, the 19th century, so on and so forth, you go down the list. Amen, is not not the Spanish flu of 1918. It is not COVID-19. But I would tell you here today that the greatest pandemic that we have ever faced and that we are facing in this very hour is biblical illiteracy. Amen, biblical illiteracy. Somebody that does not know the truth of God's Word. And I I would love to say, well, that is just something that the world has a problem with. And uh, I think we could pat ourselves a little bit on the back if that were the case. But even then, I think that as the Church of the Living God, uh, it is our responsibility to make sure that we help people become biblically literate. Amen. Uh, but, but it's not just a, a problem. It's not an epidemic in the world, but it is a pandemic. It has swept across the known world, and it has creeped its way into church after church after church. And, no, it's maybe not a super fun topic here tonight, but I might as well talk about it because it's still true. That we are facing biblical illiteracy and the biggest issue about it is that people don't want to address it. And they don't want to act like it exists. You know why? Because we have become okay with the status quo of quoting uh, uh, Christian colloquialisms. And we have become okay with just getting something uh, on our wall and maybe on our Facebook page. And reposting a few things. And we think, well, that makes me a Christian. But I would submit you here tonight that the Bible would tell you that we are to study, to show ourselves approved unto God. Amen. Anybody ever got that in the mail It says pre-approval letter? Amen. You're pre-approved for a $10,000 limit until you actually apply, and then they find out your credits is beat up as, you know, just about anything. And uh, as a boxer in the, in the final round, it's just, it's just got, your credit's got black eyes, and we'll talk about that in February, we'll help you fix that in Jesus' name, but, but ultimately, uh, they say you're pre-approved, and you think, oh man, I'm pre-approved, and you feel real good about yourself, uh, but at the end of the day, I want you to know that you will never, and I will never receive a pre-approval letter from heaven. There is not one person that is going to be able to say, well, I'm pre-approved for heaven. No. The Bible says that we've got to engraft. We've got to engrave. We've got to carve the Word of God into our hearts and into our lives because it is the engrafted Word of God that is able, key word, able to save our souls that doesn't mean that it's going to save your souls. What do I mean by that? There's a lot of people that can say, well, I I heard the word, I, I went to and I went to church and I heard the word preached, uh, but but that word never got deep enough. Amen. I started engrafting it, but I gave up along the ways. And, and it wasn't that the word of God did not have power. It's because somewhere along the lines, somebody stopped being a workman, whether they became ashamed of the work they've been doing or they got discouraged along the way, thinking they weren't where they need to be. And so I might as well quit. Amen. I want to submit to you here tonight that the Bible says you got to work out your own salvation with fear and with trembling. The Word of God's got power to save you. The Word of God's got power to change you, but you got to keep working at it. Come on, somebody, you got to keep working at it. You got to keep hammering that word in. You got to keep engrafting that word. Amen. Like you're chiseling it on tables of stone. Amen. God's going to keep writing that word week in and week out, not just on Sunday and Wednesday, but every time you open up this book, what are you doing? You're saying, God, carve your word into my heart. God, carve your word into my mind. In the name of Jesus, let's clap our hands and give him praise. Man, the Bible would tell us, the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times. We are in the latter times. We, you know, there's people who have been saying that forever, but the truth is, it's, it was true then, it's true now. We're in the latter times. Amen. He said in the last days he'll pour out his spirit. He's been doing that for 2,000 years. and Some people go, well, that must mean he's not coming for another 2,000 years. I wouldn't be so sure about that. Amen. The apostles and disciples, they live for God like he was coming that very day. And I think in this generation and in this hour, especially with all of the signs and the spirits and the attitudes of the end times that are manifesting themselves even this year. Amen. I'm not talking about amen the last 10 years. I'm talking about just in one year. What has been manifesting itself amen we've got to make sure that we are paying attention to what is going on in our world and we've got to get a hold of the word of god and make sure that we are living this book he said the spirit speaketh expressly in the latter times some shall depart from the faith amen giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils this verse has been utilized so many ways to talk about people going off into uh, Trinitarianism. Uh, but I don't think that's what this is really talking about because he's talking to the church. The Spirit speaketh expressly. Who's he speaking expressly to? The church. That some will depart from the faith. You can't be in the faith if you believe in the Trinity because there is no such thing as the trinity you can't be in the faith if you have not been born again of water and of spirit my bible lets me know that if you do not have the spirit of christ the bible says you are none of his amen i got good news for you here though you can receive the gift of the holy ghost and you can be born again not a corruptible seed but incorruptible by the word of god i wish i got an amen here tonight When you did that, you got part of something that is greater than this universe. You joined the kingdom that is greater than any kingdom on earth. You joined the kingdom of the living God. Don't depart from it. Don't walk away from it. Don't lose your faith now. Amen. You join the greatest thing this world has ever known. Amen. Jesus Christ died for the church. He bought the church with his own blood. You're part of the greatest thing in this entire universe. Oh, somebody praise God if you're thankful to be part of this way, to be part of this faith, to be part of this. Oh, hallelujah. 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 You got to be careful because there's going to be people in the last days that are going to try to seduce you. They are seducing spirits. Amen. Seducing is a temptation. It is it is drawing away as the Bible would say on your own lust. Amen. You're not going to be tempted, amen, to go certain directions unless it is pulling on you. It's something that you already lean towards. You've got to be careful that you don't fall in that direction. You might have a desire for something you might have a temptation towards something, uh, but you've got to let the Word of God go on the other side and pull you away from what your flesh wants uh, and what your flesh desires. I don't want to fall away from the faith uh, because of seducing spirits and doctrines uh, of devils. Amen. I think that there are a lot more doctrines of devils than just telling people that they can accept Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, which is nowhere in the Bible. Amen. I think there's... There's what I would call doctrines of devils on Facebook. Come on. I'm, I'm going I'm I'm to talk about some real things that are in this generation. He told Timothy, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. He said, for the time will come when they will not endure sound Doctrine. But what will they do? They will heap, after their own lust. shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. A big key word in this generation is fake news you got to be careful of people that are propagating fake news. I'm not talking about CNN or Fox. I'm talking about people that you are closely connected with that are propagating a false narrative that is not true, that is not right. That is not biblical. That is not Christian. you got to make sure that you watch. The Bible says, watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions because when you stand for truth, there's going to be some afflictions. Uh, he said, do the work of an evangelist. Uh, amen. Now is not the time to give in to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Uh, now is not the time to heap to ourselves teachers uh, where we have itching ears. Uh, but now's the day where we need to be teachers, uh, not heat teachers, uh, not get people to itch our ears but we need to take this book to the lost and dying world and tell everybody that there is hope in the 21st century. Let everybody know that there is a way to be saved. Let everybody know that there's one word, one faith, one baptism. We've got to do the work of an evangelist and make full proof of our ministry in the kingdom of God. Somebody clap your hands and magnify him here tonight. Amen. People will, they've will they they've got these certain desires, and, and what you desire may not be what I desire. Amen. The Bible says every man's drawn away of his own lust and entice. What entices you doesn't entice me, and vice versa. You might entice me with a trip to Hawaii, but that might not entice you. Amen. You might entice me with a nice uh, filet mignon, but that might not entice you. Hey, praise God. There's things that, and the devil knows how to play on what entices you. Amen. He looked to Eve and he goes, don't you know that if you eat this, you'll be like God? Who doesn't want to be like God? It's perfection right now. They walk with him in the cool of the day. He knew exactly how to entice her and you got to be careful because the devil is he knows how to study, amen. His prey, the Bible says he's like a roaring lion walking about, seeking whom he may devour. Keyword may, amen. He's got to get permission first, hallelujah. But he's going about and he's searching, he goes down every row, every row, every pew, every seat, and he's looking into their weaknesses. That's why Jesus would later say, amen, that he hath found nothing in me. The prince of the world has come but he did not find anything in me. In other words Jesus was able to say I was born in the likeness of sinful flesh. Amen. I was tempted in all points like as you are yet without sin when the devil showed up and he tried everything he could. Amen. He could find no place. No place where he could get in. There was no open door. There was no open window. There was no unlock this or unlock that. Amen. What did he do? Amen. He made sure that he had his doctrine solidified. He had his lifestyle solidified every part of what jesus did was keeping the devil out hallelujah and keeping the holiness of god in amen but but this 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 biblical illiteracy deal is a big deal because what will happen is we'll get we'll get this in our mind where we think well I, i would i would rather have or i like this and we will start leaning towards what we like but what you like may not be good for you hallelujah I love, I love chocolate, amen, and I like to think it's good for me, but probably not, and, and it's, it's, it's kids like ice cream, but you can't have ice cream breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and there's some people, they, they actually go out, and they look for ice cream preachers, yeah, just hand me another ice cream cone, and I'm not just talking about preachers that hold a mic, hey, hallelujah, there's a lot of people that are preaching and they don't have any, any title in ministry. They don't even go to church, but they're preaching a message. They're preaching a gospel. You better believe it. They're preaching a seducing spirit and a doctrine of devil. And and if we're not careful, we will get wrapped up in it and think, you know what? That's a good ideology. I kind of like that. That's a that's a good way of looking at things. And we will start to we will start to become philosophers. And we will start thinking about things uh, in in the terms of worldly paradigm. And we won't have a Christian worldview or a biblical worldview. But if we don't study the word of God, what'll happen is we'll start getting a worldly worldview. We'll start start getting a man a Republican worldview or a democratic worldview or a libertarian worldview, and none of those are of God. What we need to have is a biblical worldview where we don't look at things through the lens of what somebody else thinks. We don't look at it through the lens of what somebody else said. We look at it through the lens of what the Word of God says, and we align ourselves. Why? Because this is not our home. We're just passing through. Amen. I know that I'm here, and I thank God to be here, but what I'm looking to do is I'm looking to make heaven my home one day and I've got to follow this law and I've got to follow this book and I've got to become conformed to the image of his dear son I'm not trying to be conformed to being a good old American boy what I'm trying to be conformed to is the image of Jesus Christ I'm not looking to just become a passive Christian amen that that everybody in the world gets along with where I stroke everybody's ego and make everybody feel good but what I am trying to do is I'm trying to align myself with the word of God That one day when I go to heaven, amen, I I look a little bit more like Jesus than when I started this journey. I want to be like him, not my favorite this person or my favorite that person. I want to be like Jesus. Oh, somebody clap your hands. Come on, that's what we're doing tonight. I really want to be a Christian. If you want to be a Christian, you're going to have to study. You're going to have to study. You're going to have to read this book. You're going to have to eat this book. You're going to have to take a... Hold of this word and say, God, would you make it part of me, engraft it into me? Oh, somebody lift up your hands, so let's pray. Come on, let's pray in the name of Jesus. Come on, I don't want to. I don't want to become like a politician. I don't want to become like a movie star. I don't want to become, amen, like this individual that I follow on Instagram. What I want to be is I want to be like Jesus. I want to I want to look in the mirror one day and say, man, I look like my father in heaven. Amen. I got his eyes. I see things the way he sees it. Amen. I, I got his hands. I, I reach the way he reaches. I, I got his feet. I walk the way that he walked. Everybody wants to walk where Jesus walked. I want to walk how Jesus walked. They want to walk on the Sea of Galilee, but I want to walk like Jesus walked on the Sea of Galilee. I want to turn the other cheek. I want to love my enemies. I want to pray for those which should despitefully use me. I want to make sure that I look like Jesus. I act like Jesus. I talk like Jesus. I think like Jesus. I want the mind of Christ to be in me as it was in him who thought it not robbery to be equal with God, yet instead he took upon him the form of a servant. he wasn't looking to be served. He came to serve. Oh, that's a missing element in our world. But I want to be like Jesus. Somebody lift up your hands. I want to be like Jesus. I got to study him. I got to study Jesus. I got to study his word. I got to study his ways. I got to study his principles. I've never seen in my almost 20 years of living for God, much shorter than some people, but I have never seen such a tossing of the wind like i have seen in this last year there's been people that had been on a pedestal in my mind that quickly moved from a pedestal to a step stool other people they moved all, th- all the way off that altogether they moved off the radar but they've been tossed by every wind of doctrine they've been tossed by the sleight of men and cunning craftiness Ephesians 4:14 says He's imploring the church after he tells them that God gave them a gift. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Amen. And then he proceeds to tell them that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness just like the devil cunning they know exactly what they're doing amen maybe they're example they're putting forth a spirit of this age and maybe there's some people that don't know 100% what they're doing amen but that devil knows exactly what he's doing amen and the Bible says they lie and wait to deceive amen he is warning the church you've got to, you've got to get closer to this book you've got to get closer to this word you've got to get a hold of it you've got to engraft You got to study it. Amen. You got to become a perfected saint. You got to have the work of your ministry. You got to be edified. Amen. What's he saying? You got to keep working on things. You got to keep working according to this book, working according to this word, because there will be people that are going to come by, and it's like the winds, and they're going to blow left and they're going to blow right. Amen. And it's going to be a wind of doctrine here. And I'm not just talking about theology, I'm talking about paradigms and perspectives of a modern age and a post Christian world and they're going to be blowing this way and that way and they're going to say all sorts of things that sound good or sound cute but they're not in the word of God and they're not true, amen, and and you'll get blown this way and blown that way and you'll be so far off course that you won't make heaven your home, amen, and there are people out there that they've got a sleight of hand, amen, they're just tricking you and they're doing everything they can amen, for you to buy into their system and buy into their ideology but they are not in the word of God and they're going to send you to hell, up your hands and let's pray. Come on. Hallelujah. Let's pray. How do you defend against that? You study. How do you make it right? You study. How do you defend against this cunning craftiness? Amen. And this this art of deception. You study the truth of God's word and you make sure that I will not be swayed. Let me just say this. Just because it has 3 million reposts doesn't make it true or right. Just because you hear it a million times does not make it true and it does not make it right. Just because it is often repeated does not mean it is biblical. It can have a nice ring to it, but be false. I have heard, I have heard there's, I won't mention the preacher's name because I won't even give them credit. Amen. But they're not even, they're, they're a false teacher and they will get up and they use all sorts of alliterations that sound real cute. Amen. And when I used to get on Instagram a lot, I don't do it anymore because of this reason. I saw one too many apostolic people. Amen. Not just young people. That's the problem. I saw a lot of people that should know better that were just, oh, that's so great. Wow. Amen. What it was was humanism wrapped up in a Bible verse and it wasn't in the word, it wasn't true. And oh, well, they tore. they told, the story of joseph it it, it was telling the story of joseph without putting the doctrine there was telling the story of joseph in a cute little alliteration but it wasn't telling people what they had to do with their life it wasn't helping anybody it wasn't true and people they, they start espousing to these ideologies and they don't realize that it's going to get them wrapped up and thrown away they're, they're, they're going to miss something here. Why? Because they just thought, well, I'll just let, and, and this, this is what Jesus said, don't let the blind, amen, lead you, amen. The blind lead the blind, they both fall into a ditch. We use that phrase all the time for different things, but what Jesus is really saying is don't follow people that are blind. I, I know that sounds so revelatory. Don't follow blind people because they don't know where they're going. But what he's saying is if you, if, you have, if you don't have enough eyesight to realize they don't know where they're going, then don't follow them or you'll be just as blind as they are even if you have eyes that work. He's letting them know that in, that there's going to be people that are going to just be so adamant about the direction they're going. And this, is, this is the way we're going. This is the right way. And they start going that direction. And people don't open up this book and they don't study and they're not workmen. And they go, well, that must be okay because they've got this kind of following or they've got this, amen, many people that like them and they think that that makes it okay, but it's not true, amen, and they don't stop to take a moment and open up the book and start working out their own salvation with fear and tremor I, I want to know what thus saith the Lord, not what thus saith this person or that person or that Twitter account or this Twitter account or this Instagram. I want to make sure I've got it right. There's people that they will hear something repeated and they will think it's truth. I, I, I'm going to prove a point here. Just a moment. How many's heard this phrase? And if you've used it, I'm not bashing you. I understand. I think we've all probably used it. God helps those who help themselves. You heard that? Show me that in the Bible. Well, uh, it sounds good, right? It sounds true. It, it, It aligns with some of our work ethic. But that is not in the Bible. In fact, Romans teaches the complete opposite. God helps those who cannot help themselves. God only helps those who help themselves. No, in fact, it's the opposite. If you can't help yourself, there's a God of the Bible that will come and help you. But what we really do is we get this worldview that says, well, they ain't even trying so we might as well just not work on them and help them and pray with them. Oh yeah, they need to do a little bit of their part. And I understand what we're really trying to say. You've got to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Amen. But what we really need to do is we need to pray to the heaven, the God of heaven and earth uh, that works on people that don't know what to work on and helps people that don't know how they need help and and they instructs those that oppose themselves and, and God helps those that do not help themselves and cannot help themselves, man, here's another one for you, and, and I got more than we got time, we'll do a whole another series on this because they're not true, and it'll make sense in a moment because we'll start living a certain way with these in our mind, this is why you need to memorize scriptures, not songs, songs don't always have good theology, hallelujah, Amen. I, I think there's some song, you know what, I'm not going to go to the far extreme. Amen. I'm not going to go to that, that far extreme. But you've got to be watchful as a Christian. Not all songs have right theology. They're not true. You've got to make sure that you go, hey, hold up, that's not true, that's not right. I'm going to stay away from that. Amen. Uh, here's another one. God won't give you more than you can handle. Anybody ever heard that? Yeah. Anybody ever use that? Did you use that this week? That is not in the Bible. That's false. In fact, he will often give you way more than you can handle. He will give you way more than you can bear. I just blew somebody's mind right now. You know why? So you have to rely on Him for help. See, humanism will tell you that God won't give you more than you can bear because it's all about you and your strength and your might and your ability. What am I teaching here tonight? Study to show yourself approved. Amen. A workman that needed not to be. Don't be ashamed of this. God will give you more than you can bear. I'll prove it. Amen. Paul said it in 2 Corinthians 1 and 8. For we would not, brethren, that have you be ignorant. See, there's some people who want you to be ignorant and say, oh, don't worry. God won't put on you more than you can bear. And then they go through a season where they have more than they can bear. And this is why some people backslide because somebody didn't tell them the truth. And they wonder why it's so difficult why it's so tough i thought when i got saved everything was supposed to be easy and god had never put more on me than i could bear amen i got news for you sometimes god will but i also want you to know that he also makes with it a room and a way of escape and when things get tough you can rest on this don't be ignorant of it of our trouble which came to us in asia we were pressed out of measure. We were pressed above our strength insomuch that we despaired even of life. The apostle Paul is telling them, I got more than I could handle, more than I could bear. But then he continues to remind them of the grace of God and the goodness of God, that his grace is sufficient, that in my weakness, then is he strong. When I don't have the ability, he has the ability. Oh, somebody magnify him. Let's lift up our hands for just a moment. Come on, I just, I just, I just help somebody right now. Amen. You, you got to go and you got to study that for yourself. I help somebody. The reason you keep bumping up against walls is because you're frustrated about all the things you can't handle. You're never intended to handle it. He said, "Cast all your cares on me, for I care for you." Why would you cast your cares on him if you can handle it yourself? Amen. Why would you give him your burden if you can handle it yourself? But you got to give him your burden. He says, "Take my burden and my yoke. It's easy. It's light." It goes against biblical concept, but if people don't study the scriptures, I'm talking about simple things here tonight. Imagine how many things out there that are not as simple that people start putting into their daily life. I've talked about one, it's called, it's a bad theology, fate and destiny. I'm just fated to be this way. That is not in the Bible, that is a pagan concept, fate is there's three fates in Greek mythology and they're standing over there with golden scissors over the strings of your life and at any moment they decide whether you get cut or not that is not in the Bible, God is the God of choices and God is the God of free will and he grants it to you Amen. and destiny says Amen. I might have been born into this family, I did not choose, however, I've got a choice in the matter, I can get up from where I am, I can be better tomorrow I can get up from where I am and I can go up another level People will take that in their lives. Here, here's another one for you. Money is the root of all evil. That is not in the Bible either. The love of money is the root of all evil. It's one word, avarice, which is the withholding of money you already have. And what he was talking about there is giving and people being willing to contribute or generous. He said that the, the root of all evil is, is stinginess. So you want to know why there's famine in the world? Because there's people with too much bread that don't want to give it away. That's the root of all evil. You want to know why there's wars in the world? Not because of Christianity, because there's people that have they have they have plenty of land to spare, but they got to fight for that little piece that's theirs. It's the love of money. The avarice is the root of all evil, and people will go into this start thinking, "Well, if I'm broke, I'm more spiritual." That is not in the Bible. Amen. In fact, my Bible says, "You are blessed to be a blessing. You cannot be a blessing if you are not blessed." <laughs> Well, I'm just going to struggle for Jesus. No, there is no biblical mantra. Now, if you struggle for the gospel, amen, and you got to build tents like Paul, so be it. But don't don't just skip going to work and saying, well, I had to struggle for Jesus. No, it's the fact is that you were lazy and you didn't want to work for it. And for some reason, you got this bad ideology because you didn't study to show yourself approved. And you thought, for some reason, I was being more spiritual. My Bible tells me that if you do not provide for those of your own household, you have denied the faith and you are worse than an unbeliever or an infidel. That is what the Bible does say. But you got to study. We're going somewhere here tonight. We know all things work together for good. Don't worry, brother. It works out for good. Let's talk about Joseph for a moment. Tell that to Joseph while he's in a prison. Amen. Imagine if Joseph would have actually done the crime that he was accused of. And then somebody comes by and says, Joseph, it, all things work together for good. Well, you've got to finish the verse. To those that love God and those that are called according to his purpose. You, you can't say it's going to work out for good if you keep making the wrong decisions. And, and even the Bible says don't suffer as an evildoer. Don't say I'm being persecuted for my faith when you got done beating your wife and you went to jail. You're not starting a prison ministry. You need to get in the altar. Hallelujah. I thought I'd get a few amens on that one. but Oh, don't worry. All things work together for good. Well, let me ask you a few questions, some qualifiers. Do you love God? Yeah. Do you, are you called according to your spirit? Are you, are you in the will of God? Well, yeah. Well, praise God. All things work together for good. Well, you know, I, I, got, I, got a, I got a girlfriend on the side and I got this going on. And don't worry, all things work together for good. No, 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 no. You are misinterpreting that verse. You are taking it out of context. Uh, amen. And you, Oh, I can do all things. How about that one? I can do all things. Yeah, I can skateboard. I can do all things. I can do backflips off this platform. I can do all things through Christ Jesus which strengthens me. You got to have the qualifier there. Are you living for God? Are you serving God? Now you can face no matter what the circumstance situation is. Amen. It could be the roughest situation of your life, but if you love God, you're called according to his purpose. I want you to know that all things work together for good. And you can you can go through whatever, but you can know that greater is he that's within me, not greater is me. Greater is he that's within me than he that's in the world. Speaking of Jesus. Hallelujah. How about this one? God works in mysterious ways. <laughs> I made some people chuckle here tonight. That's all right. Brother Diaz, you gotta start it here tonight. God works in mysterious ways. It's a great way to just wave your hand over people, and he works in mysterious ways. Although his ways are above our ways, he makes his ways known through his word. I don't know what's going on. I'll well, have you open your Bible? I need a word from God. But don't worry, he works in mysterious ways. Open your Bible, and he will give you understanding. God will give you wisdom. He said, I will give you wisdom, and I will upbraid not. I will not withhold from you. Amen. That's in your Bible. And when you study the Bible, it helps you to realize, you know what, I don't need to just wave this part of my life off and say, well, God works in mysterious ways. Uh, amen. He makes his ways known through his word. And he even told me he would let me in on the secret. and He would tell me what's going on. And one thing you can count on is that God will never contradict his own word. That makes God less mysterious. Well, I know what God's not going to do. Come on, somebody. I I may not know what he's doing, but I can tell you what he won't do. He will never leave me nor forsake me. I may not know what's going on, but I know what he will not do. I've got it in his word. I've studied to show myself approved. I'm a workman that needs not to be ashamed. I don't got to be ashamed about what I'm facing, what I'm going through, what I don't understand, what I don't comprehend. Why? Because I'm a student of his word, and I'm going to hold on to this word. You can keep your cute sayings, but I'm going to hold on to the word, and I'm going to have hope in the anchor of my soul. How about this one? This too shall pass. That was written by a Muslim poet. How about this one? God doesn't call the qualified. He He qualifies the called. That's wrong. Although God does qualify the called. He does. You might be unqualified, and he will call you, and he will qualify you. And he will help you make full proof of your ministry. Mark it down. People that have talents and abilities, well, he won't call me because God doesn't call the qualified. You're the the one that's gifted and anointed. He just only calls the people that are bad at singing. (laughs) He only calls the people that don't like people to greet at the front. No, 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 no. Amen. God also calls the qualified. You look through your Bible He called singers in the Old Testament that could sing. He called craftsmen who he endued with wisdom in knowing how to make all of the craftsmanship. And we're not talking about they just got up and drew a stick figure. No, they knew exactly what they were doing. It was the wisdom that came from above. Amen. God God said, Hey, there's somebody that's already qualified. There are people here tonight. You have lived with this over your head and says, Well, I'm too qualified. Amen. That's that is that is a lie of this world. You are overqualified for the position. There is no such thing as the kingdom of in the kingdom of God as being overqualified for the position position. In fact, if you are overqualified for the position in the kingdom of God, he will put you in the right position where you are no longer overqualified. God will always elevate. God will always raise. He said, I raise up kings. I raise up authority. I call people. He calls them indiscriminately, whether they had a good family or a bad family, whether they were wealthy or whether they were poor, whether they were talented or not talented. He gives five talents. He gives two talents. He gives one talent. Jesus keeps giving talents to everybody. It doesn't matter whether or not you feel most qualified or least qualified. When you study this word, you realize I've got a God that calls everybody. Oh, somebody magnify him. Let's clap our hands and give God praise here tonight. Only God can judge me. You heard that one? That is the mantra of this generation. What they're really saying is, leave me alone and let me sin in peace. Only God can judge me. False. Anybody can judge you. In fact, there's some people that actually get paid to judge you. They're called judges. Anybody can judge you. And some are actually called. They have that position in your life. They're your mother, your father. They're your pastor. They're your boss. Well, they're just, they can't judge me. I'm a child of God. They just told you you did a bad job. Accept it. Fix it or you'll lose your job. Uh, Can I get an amen somewhere out there? I'm hearing crickets here tonight. The church is called to judge. Well, these Christians out there judging. Well, you got to look in the context. He said, judge not. And people stop right there. Lest you be judged. But if you're not afraid of being judged, that's why he also said, if you have, he said, he said, don't take the speck out of your brother's eye. Until you've taken the beam out of your own eye, but he never said after you've taken the beam out of your eye Don't help your brother in fact that would go against the Bible. He said take the beam out first and then help your brother, because that's biblical. Amen. And 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 he says, "Judge not, lest you be judged." For with the measure you meet, it shall be met back unto you. Amen. The Bible says that judgment begins first at the house of God. I'm not talking about being critical of people, because that's not Christian either. What I'm talking about is saying, you know, uh, this is actually what the word says. But let me speak the truth in love. Let me let me say it with tears in my eyes, because I want you to be saved. He understand the, the 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 mindset behind that and the emotion behind that. You can't go around just judging people, because the pastor said you can. judge amen but what does what does happen is when you go to this altar you start first by judging yourself uh, you start by saying no amen because some people say well only god can judge me and they wait till heaven till they get to the judgment seat of christ uh, and they say well he'll judge me then no every time you come to church and you go to the altar what are you doing i am judging myself uh, i'm not judging myself so i can get worse uh, i'm judging myself so i can correct my action <laughs> judgment begins first in the house of god let's look at a couple more modern phrases that are not in the bible what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Well, that's not true. Most things will actually leave you weaker, and you might need time to recover. They might leave you incapacitated. Cheaters never prosper. Well, that's, that's not true. Uh, Vegas exists, and they're cheating you out, and casinos are building new buildings every month, and they're cheating people left and right. People keep going. Really what it is is that you know dumb people never prosper, but cheaters prosper all the time. They prosper initially, but when you get to heaven, don't worry about it. That's why he said, he said I, my foot almost slipped when I considered the prosperity of the wicked. See, even the Bible understands that the wicked will prosper at first, but when you go to the house of God, you understand their end, that how they got there makes a big difference on whether or not they'll stay there. Hallelujah, because character matters. How about this one for all my, all my folks working in the customer service? The customer is always right. Wrong! Can I get an amen from somebody you got the, the, the phrase in this generation. I'm having fun here tonight. I'm almost done. The phrase here in this generation is the Karens. They come out with their poofy hair, and I want to speak to the manager. Don't have a Karen spirit. Amen. Don't have that when you go to Walmart. Don't have that when you go to Chili's. And please don't bring that into the kingdom of God. Well, Pastor, the saint is always right. No. Sometimes, as a business, you have to make decisions, amen, for business owners out there. You have to make decisions that are best for your business, even if that means losing customers. As a church, sometimes we have to make lines. We have to draw lines, amen, because ultimately, amen, you know what is always right? God is always right. Come on, the kingdom of God is always right. Here's another one. Love is blind. You might be blind, but love is not blind. Love is patient. Love is kind, it keeps no record of wrongdoing. You can go down there. It's selfless. It's always thinking of others. It, it puffeth not itself up. You go down to 1 Corinthians 13. But I want to tell you, love is not blind. If you are in a relationship and that person is beating you, they do not love you, open your eyes. If they are not taking you to obey the word of God and you're not married yet, you go and you dump that individual and you get a hold of the word of God and you say, God, I know you got better for me. Hallelujah. If you're married, both of you grab a Bible. Go to the altar and say, you know what? We're going to do it the Bible way. We're going to study love to show ourselves approved. Show ourselves approved to our world. Show ourselves approved to God. Show ourselves approved to our marriage. Show ourselves approved to our kids, our grandkids, our city, our church. What's happening? You're actually going to the Bible for all of your answers. Here's another Facebook post you could probably see out there. If they don't support your dreams, they don't belong in your life. That's anti-Christian. People will take that and they'll just start blocking people on social media. They'll be unkind. They will remove anyone that brings objective reasoning into their lives. And they, they, they say, well, I'm going to be the greatest soloist on earth. And somebody comes by with the most love that loves and cares about them the most and says, you know, you're tone deaf. You you really should reconsider. You know, you're great at this, but not so great at that. And they're giving them objective reasoning. And they're actually giving them good advice. And they block them in their spirit. And people come by and they say, well, you didn't support my dreams. I want to tell you, as a Christian, as a Christian, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to rub you wrong. But they're actually going to help you. This is why Jesus, when Peter came by, he said, I'm going to be crucified. And Peter said, let it not be so, Lord. It sounded better. And he said, well, no, no, God, I'm going to make sure that you aren't crucified. I'm going to even go to the place where I cut off somebody's ear to make sure it doesn't happen. And he told Peter, get thou behind me, Satan, for you do not desire the things of God, but the things that be of man. Amen. In other words, what he was doing, he was coming in contradiction, amen, to the wrong ideology. Amen. Peter had not been a student of the word. He didn't realize that this is the reason Jesus came. And that's why when Judas betrayed him with a kiss on the garden, he said, do you betray me with a kiss, friend? Amen. There's people in your life that maybe... They bring things to you that you don't like. If it had not been for Judas, Jesus would have never gone to the cross. And sometimes God brings people into your life. And in this generation, it says get rid of them. No. Amen. You need to have people that are like a thorn in your flesh. And sometimes you got to have people surrounding you that you don't like. Because it makes you a better Christian. It gets you to the cross a little faster. It helps you fulfill the will of God in your life. Follow your truth. That is the mantra of our generation. There is only one truth. If you study the word of God, you'll find Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You want to know why they crucified Jesus? Because he said, you don't have a personal truth. I am the truth. Pilate asked him, what is truth? He said, you're looking at him. I am the embodiment of truth. And that's why we've got to study to show ourselves approved unto God. I need divine approval. I don't need the approval of society. I don't need the approval of friends. What I need is divine approval. Amen. Uh, you can look at it from this next one. Uh, amen. This is the last one I'm going to talk about. Amen. Because, and then I'm going to make my point and I'm going to be out of the way here tonight. Uh, they've said it and this has been a mantra of, a, of the generation. I was born this way. They wrote songs about it. I've heard this one a lot. Well, that's just who I am. they got to get that church mother hip going. That's just who I am. And what they're really doing is they're blaming genetics. They're raising or they're using, they're using that, that, that phrase and his excuse of why they are not growing in life, why they're not living right, and why they are not becoming a Christian. But it's just who I am. Well, if any man be in Christ, all things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And it might have been who you were, but it does not mean that that's who you are. And, uh, and that, 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 that kind of mindset right there leads into another thing where people say, well, I just have a generational curse. Did you know that's not in the Bible? That is not in the Bible. Hey, I'm, I'm crossing the sword with some folks. Show me in the Bible. I'd love to talk to you after service. It is not in the Bible that because your mother and father were drug addicts, you have to be a drug addict. You have a choice in the matter. Well, that's just who I am. What you've really done is you say, well, my mother, that was a that way. My father was that way. My grandparents were that way. I was raised that way. I have to live a certain way. I have to think a certain way. And I cannot come up from that because that's just how my how my culture is or how this is. And they use as an excuse of why they're not moving forward. I want to help you here tonight. You got to study the word of God because the word of God will tell you what you can be. The word of God will tell you what you should be. The word of God will let you know there's a better way. Here's a final one. Do whatever makes you happy. Do not, under any circumstance, follow that advice. Because we sacrifice too much in the pursuit of happiness that we end up unhappy. Because we do not have enough foresight to realize that the very things that bring happiness according to what I've learned through the word of God, amen, that is despise not the fiery trials which are to try you as though some strange thing has happened. Don't don't worry about it. Don't be confused about it. Amen, he said, the trying of your faith being much more precious than gold or silver that perishes. Amen, what is really happening when you go through hard times that make for a happy life and people that always avoid struggle and always avoid hard things, amen, they, they reject it because they want to be happy Amen. They, they they give up on their marriage because they they deserve to be happy, and they give up on their job because they deserve to be happy. And and what they didn't realize is that there was a blessing on the other side if they just stuck it out. Amen. There was miracles on the other side if they'd have just stuck it out. But somewhere along the lines, uh, amen. They let this mindset of the world get into their brain, uh, and they didn't study the word of God that says, you know what? This is just temporary. Uh, amen. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna learn the lesson I need to learn, uh, and then I'm gonna grow beyond this, and I'm gonna grow through this, and at the end of it all I'm going to have joy and through it all I'm going to have joy and amen I'm going to be happy because I I choose to be happy because the Bible says that Paul said I think myself happy people say you got to do something to be happy you got to own something to be happy amen you actually got to do the biblical model which is to think yourself happy I've got hard days just like everybody else but my mindset is not of the world it is not hopeless it is full of joy it is full of peace it is It is a mindset of Jesus that says, amen, I might be going through the trial of my my life, but I think myself happy. I can't wait until this is over. And when this is over, I'm going to give God praise. Oh, somebody lift up your hands. Let's pray. Preacher, what are you saying? The issue with assuming things like this, again, you find your own phrase. The issue with assuming things like this is that you have heaped to yourself teachers having itching ears. And you have been given over to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils and don't even know it. And then you bring it into the kingdom of God. And you start treating people a certain way you start thinking a certain way you start serving God a certain way amen in these areas Amen. assuming these things uh, that are that, that we think are biblical or they're Christian it affects the way that we live everything we do and everything we are should go back to a biblical principle. If you can't find it in the word of God, you might want to go back and study. And if you can't find it, it might be something you need to do away with it. There's not a biblical principle there. Amen. If you've got this weird thing, amen, that's, well, it's just a personal deal. You, you, you can, you can keep that to yourself, but, but if you can't find it in the word of God and you're not living a biblically principled life and well, I just cut people off when I don't like them anymore? Well, unfortunately that's not biblical. You probably need to throw that away. You need to study to show yourself approved. Well, uh, we, we are people of the, book. I want to remind you here today we are not, you want to know what we're doing here some people go well I don't know if I like Wednesday night Bible studies. Uh, The real Christians are going to be the ones that are at Wednesday night Bible studies and I know there's some people got to work they can't make it. What I mean by that is people that are studying their Bible. I'm talking about people that are saying you know what I've got to get a hold of this word. I'm not interested in just being entertained when I come to church. What I really want to be is I want to be a people of this book. I want to be an individual of this Bible. I want to be a person that is founded and rooted in doctrine and in principle, I want to be rooted and grounded in the Word of God. People rant and rave all, all the time about the Bible being removed from schools and courthouses. I'm not worried about that. This is ultimately not a Christian nation. This is a nation that happened to have Christians in it. I'm more worried about when the Bible gets removed from people's homes. It stays on their nightstand. It never gets beyond the, it never gets beyond the four walls of the church. When we fail to study the Word of God, we are like the person that Jesus talked about that built their house on the sand. Jesus said His words are the foundation. He said anybody that takes these words and does not do them, does not apply them, I will show you what he's likened to. He is likened to a man that built his house upon the sand. And when the wind came and when the waves came, amen, he said that that house got knocked over and great was the fall thereof. Amen. But that same storm hit the house that was founded on the word of God. Somebody that said, I'm going to be a workman. I'm going to be a workwoman. I'm going to make sure I study to show myself approved. I'm not pre-approved. Uh, I, mean, I, I don't just show up, get baptized, get the Holy Ghost, and I'm set, ready to go. No, I, I got baptized, got the Holy Ghost, uh, and that Holy Ghost was given to me that it might lead me and guide me in all truth, uh, and that all truth is going to be found in 66 books, uh, and I'm going to open up this Bible, and I'm going to begin to read, and I'm going to engraft it into my life, uh, amen, that when the storms of life hit, uh, amen, I don't want my life to go down uh, and the fall to be great. Uh, I want my life to withstand, uh, even if the shingles come off the roof, and even if, uh, amen, I lose a little bit here, I lose a little bit there, maybe this wall falls down and that wall falls down, at the end of the day, I will be standing firm, let's stand across the building, lift up our hands, musicians if you could come, come on, you got you to gotta get divine approval divine approval it only comes when you study it only comes when you search the word of God it only comes when you open up that book and say God am I am I doing it right am I living according to your word have I built my entire life on the foundation of your word or have I just made it up in my mind it doesn't doesn't really matter I'm just going to do whatever I think I'm going to do what makes me happy I'm just going to live however I feel to live amen I want to have my life on the foundation Storms hit everybody, and there's some people, they just, they quote themselves all sorts of things during storms, and they're just bad theology, but you got to go back to the Word of God, and you got to have this, because at the end of the day, this is the foundation. You know, if a home does not have a foundation, amen, and I'll use Louisiana, a tornado comes through, rips it up, it, it loses all of its value. There's just the land value. But if there's something salvageable, if there's a foundation, it doesn't matter what gets wrecked, we can rebuild on that. If you, if you don't have a foundation, that storm will come by, and they'll just tell you, hey, why don't you just go uh, build a house somewhere else. Uh, at the end of the day, they, they won't loan you. you. You go to get a loan for a home, uh, a home loan, and they'll look, and they'll say, first thing we want to check is the foundation. How's the foundation? How's the structure of the building? They come by, and they look at it. They send inspectors out, and and they're thinking, if we're going to loan against this, we need to make sure it has value. If they show up, there's no foundation, or it's in a flood zone and there's no foundation, the bank will tell you, hope you can come up with the money, get a GoFundMe. If you are living for God and you do not read your Bible, you are living without a foundation. If you are a Christian and you do not study this word, You are living without a foundation. And it's not to be judgmental. What's really happening there is, hey, you need to get a foundation. You need to get one quick because storms happen to all of us. My Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. Amen. Whether you're living right or not living right, doesn't matter. There's going to be a storm that hits your life. And if you want to make it through there, you can't make it all based on a lot of cute quotes you found on Pinterest. What you need to get is you need to get the word of God. And you need to hold on to it. You need to put that word in your heart. And you say, God, you're going to help me get through this. The Bible says, search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. And there they which testify of me First Timothy 4 and 13, till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine, neglect not the gift that is in thee which was given by prophecy, by the laying on the hands of the presbytery. Meditate on these things, give thyself wholly to them that thy profiting may appear unto all. Take heed unto thyself unto the doctrine, continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Here you go. Here's some ways to learn. Read the Bible bread program. 2020 is almost over, but I got good news for you. Unless Jesus comes back on that New Year's service, which I'm cool if he does. You got the bread program 2021. Read the Bible. Open it up. Get you an app. Listen to it. Do something. What are you doing? I'm being a workman. I'm I'm being a handyman. I'm taking care of my life. I'm making sure there's a firm foundation. You can study systematically. What does that mean? You can go book by book. All right, this 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 time I'm gonna just read the book of Matthew, and I'm gonna go through it, and I'm gonna make sure that I, I, I if I stop and I don't understand something, I'm gonna look up a word I don't understand. I, I got Google, and we've got more things at our disposal. Amen. You can study verse by verse. You can go exegetically. You can study topically. You know what I want to learn? What the Bible really says about worry. I'm tired of being so stressed out. I gotta find out that the Bible tells me to be 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 conscious or. Con- cautious for nothing or worried or anxious about nothing but everything by prayer you can go into the back of your Bible and you can open up and there's this beautiful thing called the concordance and you can look up and you can find a more extensive one online but you can find some words you know what I'm going to study about prophet I want to read about all the prophets in the Bible what are you doing I'm working out my own salvation with fear and trembling because one day there might come a false prophet but because you did your study about prophets you understand they didn't tell me the truth how about this one? Have a Bible study with somebody. Ask somebody that you, that you respect in God. Again, if they're not living right, you don't need advice from them. If they're not faithful to the house of God, you don't need help. Don't listen to them. But if you see somebody you respect, there's elders. In fact, I I, I would venture to say you could probably ask anybody in this building here tonight. I've got a question. How do you study? What have you read recently? Well, let me show you. And guess what? It'll open up a conversation that might change your eternity. Here's the next one. Go teach a Bible study. You can learn a lot while you're teaching somebody. Well, so many people don't teach a Bible study. can say, well, I don't know. Well, teach what you do know. And God will give you what you don't know. Some of the greatest revelations I ever got were when I was one-on-one with a Bible study with somebody. Greatest, the things I've ever preached was when I was one on one with somebody and was talking about the Word of God and I was opening it up. You could do that. In fact, I got good news for you, brother. Prado put out a Bible study. We bought, we bought just as a starter, we bought seven of them. There's only seven. First come, first serve. Amen. It's sixty dollars. You get the teacher's manual and you get the chart, and you can literally read off it. Now, if we have more than seven people that want it, amen, I'll bring it. I'll bring it in a couple weeks, and I'll just show it to you, amen. But if you, if you, if we got more than seven that want it, we'll do that. But there's these charts and this thing you can literally read off of it. There's eight lessons. Can you read? If you can't, maybe we'll do a reading class. But if you can read, you can teach. Maybe you can't read. Here's a great great one. I can't read. Well, why don't you take the teacher's manual and hand it to the person that can read and let them read and teach you a Bible study. And you might be shocked. There might be somebody in heaven because you made a decision. I'm going to study the Word of God. I'm going to be a workman that needs not to be ashamed. There are a lot of people that because, because they feel like they don't know, they don't teach other people. And subsequently, their ministry in God has been stunted. But God has so much more for you. Your walk with God will become so much richer preaching will be a lot more exciting when you understand what's actually being said. There will be a whole different, your worship will have a lot more depth when you go, man, I know exactly why I'm worshiping. I was studying about that. Amen. There's going to be moments in God like that. Let's lift up our hands. I'm done. I'm done talking. There's just some practicals for you here tonight. You can study to show yourself approved. Amen. You're not pre-approved, but I got good news for you. You can get divine approval when you open up that book. Amen. It might just be one verse you focus on and you memorize It it might just be one verse this month. It was one more verse than you did last month. It might just be, amen, one chapter more than you had last month. But when you study, what are you doing? You're saying, God, I need divine approval. I want to open up this altar. Would you come and pray? Today's an opportunity to say, God, can you show me some ways? Can you speak to my heart? I, I, this is not an admission of guilt, but an opportunity to say, okay, God, Amen." I heard the preacher tonight. I, I've got to make sure I've got this word in my heart because I know your word's a shield and it'll defend me from all of the humanism that's surrounding our society. I know that your word is a foundation and that word's going to make sure whenever storm comes, I'm going to stand firm. I know that your word is a light and a lamp and it's going to make sure that in the darkness, of nights I can make it out God I know your word is a sword and when I get in the midst of a spiritual battle I can grab your word and I can fight amen with the Word of God and I can hold fast to that which was taught and that which was preached come on let's pray right here Tonight we're making so we're making some decisions. I'm going to be a Christian. I'm going to be a workman. I'm going to be a craftsman. I'm going to be a builder. I'm going to build in my life the right things. That's it. Let's pray. Come on. If you already studied your Bible? That's great. That's great. That's what we're talking about. You are being defended. You are being helped. You are being blessed. Every day by that word, you are getting into it, and God is bolstering your spirit. He is making you more like him.